Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 ho. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Reads. This is episode 12, Cozy Christmas Reads 2023. Hi, everyone. I'm Erin, a mom of three, a hospital administrator in Ontario, Canada, and the host and founder of the Medium Lady Community and Medium Lady Talks podcast. And I'm Jillian, an Instagram content strategist for Bookish People, a mom to two based in Buffalo, New York. Together, we're thrilled to bring you another episode of Medium Lady Reads, a podcast about reading as self-care, a passionate love for the public library, and all of our thoughts and opinions on book culture having its moment. Hello, everyone. Believe it or not, I am very excited because once again, our episode is features all four of our, my buddy read friends. We have Aaron, of course, and we have Stephanie and we have Allie and we're all together again. So this is going to be a treat. Today, we're going to be discussing Cozy Christmas Reads. This is the third year that we're doing this. The first year was myself, Aaron and Allie. The second year, it was myself, Aaron and Stephanie. And this year, it's all four of us. But before we get into all of that, we want to check in with everybody's reading. Yay! So Erin, how is your reading going? My reading has kind of stalled out this week. I have like come to a grinding halt. There's just so much going on. I have not been reading with my usual habits and routines, and I kind of miss it, to be honest with you. So... I'm hoping to have things sort of slow down next week and the week after so I can get back into it. But I'm just going to see that as a chance to just like enjoy the pace of the season and just chill out. I do have the Daughter of the Moon Goddess out on Libby and it's due in four days and I'm really enjoying it. But I think I'm only through like 25%. So listeners will know like one of the saddest things that can happen to a reader is for Libby to take your book back before you're ready. So um probably going to pressure myself tomorrow, Saturday, pressure myself a little bit to maybe power through that. But then otherwise, I think we're just going to take it slow and steady through to the new year. Allie, how's your reading going? It's going great. I am currently reading um, A Season for Second Chances by Jillian, or Jillian, by Jenny Bayliss, which um, actually was a recommendation from Jillian last year, um, as listeners will probably remember. It's just, it's so cozy. It's so delightful. I'm flying through it. I am definitely going to be sad when it is over. Mm. And we'll link to the previous Cozy Christmas Reads episodes in the show notes. If you're interested, those are on the Medium Lady Talks feeds but they're still there for you to enjoy. Allie, you have to tag who's next. Oh, sorry. Uh, Stephanie, what about you? <laughs> um, I feel like I can relate to Aaron. I feel like I'm in kind of like a lull right now and not because too much is going on. It's like a classic case of too many books, too little time. And I got started on too many things and now I've stalled out on all of them. Like I was in the middle of the Throne of Glass series and I really just needed to take a break because I'm in that mid-series lull and so I kind of switched over to an old favorite and then One Dark Window came up on my Libby hold and I was like, oh, I got to grab that while it's available. So I started that and then we started a buddy read and I got started on that and hit one of the deadlines and was waiting. And then I was really trying to find a really, really cozy Christmas read for this episode. And so I was trying to like read a few for that and didn't find any that I loved. And so I just feel like I've started 17 things, even like this fanfic that's going around from like Harry Potter. Um but I haven't like really finished anything or loved anything. And now I'm kind of like a little ways into a lot of things and haven't 
finished anything in a while. That is so tough because I've been there where you started a bunch of books, but you're not on your way with many of them. And eventually you have to kind of cut your losses. Right. So I haven't decided what to do, but we'll see. I'm like you said, it's just a season for going slow and I need to just be okay with that and pick a lane and commit. (laughs) Jillian, how's your reading going? Um, it has been pretty good. I'm struggling a bit. I'm reading what the once in future witches, but, um, for some reason it's taking me a lot to get into it. And I, it's making me sad because I really had these major high hopes for it, but I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm about 200 pages in. I'm not going to give up yet. Um, I probably won't give up at all. In fact, (laughs) um, (laughs) But it's a long it's book. Going... It's over 500 pages. So yeah, it is a long one. But um, overall, it's been a pretty good reading. I still fall asleep at night, but at least I'm finding time throughout the day to get the reading in so that it's, when I do fall asleep at night, I'm still hitting milestones. I have two, two books left till oh, I hit 100 no. books for the year. And I'm very excited about that. I hope um I, I should be able to hit that by the end of December. I'm hoping. Although December will definitely be a lower mm-hmm. reading month just because of the holidays and that's very back impressive. And all that. It is very impressive. We'll have to recommend a few like graphic novels to get you through. Yeah. I I wish I could find one like that. The princess and the grilled cheese. That was so great. Oh yeah. All right, so we've checked in with everybody, and the theme of today's episode is our cozy Christmas recommendations for this year, 2023. Um, Does anyone want to give sort of our very scientific definition of what a cozy Christmas read is for listeners who are new? I can, but my definition, like my what I think um, a cozy Christmas means is that one, the setting in the book is either like during Christmas or winter um, or, and your own setting. So two, so setting is Christmas or winter. And then the second is your own setting. The, so the time between Christmas um, and New Year's is often like it's standstill time. Time doesn't exist. Um, and it's the time that the opportunity where you're full, you're allowed to fully immerse yourselves in books or TV and staying up late. Um, although now that I have children and I'm up <laughs> at like six 30 staying up late doesn't happen, <laughs> but that like in between time where you're able to just like fully immerse yourself in, in, in something. So to me, that's like the cozy, cozy season. Well said. Perfectly said. Anyone want to add anything to that definition? Yeah, I would just add that for me, it cozy Christmas reads is anything cozy, meaning anything that gives you that warm, fuzzy vibe at any time of the year. Mm -hmm. And I only say that because there have been some serious cozy books that I've read through the years that I would make cozy Christmas reads, even though they don't take place during the Christmas time frame. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I would add to that. Steph, you're yeah, not. Yeah, I what do you think? think I'm always tempted to make my cozy Christmas reads fit into that like holiday rom-com, like set in the winter, there's snow on the ground. Um, but really it's often for me books that give me more, like they're like cozy is a great word that Jillian used. Like I can finish them quickly or they're like really built for that period of time. Like Allie was talking about during the winter where I maybe don't have as much time. So they're quick, easy reads, comfort reads, um, and not exactly the holiday setting, but 
I always want it to be the holiday setting too. What about you, Erin? What would you add? Yeah, I would probably just add like the idea of pairing is more important for me at Christmas than any other time of year. So like a cozy Christmas read has to pair with hot cocoa or eggnog. It has to pair with reading by the tree. It has to pair with dim lighting. It has to be the kind of thing I want to read while in cuddled up with a blanket. Mm-hmm. Um, so the vibe of the book has to match that external vibe. And I don't think I do that with my reading any other time of year. I love the, that. I never thought about pairing it with I mean, I obviously I do pair it with beverages, but I never thought to pair my cozy Christmas read with a beverage intentionally. Like, I was also thinking about like what is going on in this time. Like, we might be traveling on the road with my kids, visiting family. So, like, you oh, might yeah. like need a book to keep you company while you're visiting family, or you might need a book that um, you can pick up and put down really easily because you're hosting people. And so, I was really trying to think of what's going on in these seasons and in my life and what would pair well with the happenings. Mm-hmm. I love that. So maybe as we go through our recommendations, we can sort of pair. This is a good book. If you're, if you find yourself doing blah, blah, blah during the holiday season. All right. Um, should we like uh, roll dice to see who goes first? <laughs> you should have brought your wheel. You do love to spin wheels. So are we, are we going to just do one recommendation first, or do you want us to do all two of them? So I think we'll do like a round robin where we all do one recommendation and then we all do one more recommendation. Okay. So we'll send listeners away with eight book recommendations, okay. although um, we've already dropped some. We, we love to book drop, like name <laughs> drop during this podcast. So we've already mentioned a couple of books okay. um, already. So. I can go first, seeing as everyone is so eager (laughs) to go first. Um, My first cozy Christmas read, I know the three of you will be happy to hear, is The One in a Million Boy by Monica Wood. This was our second buddy read we read in March of 2023. The One in a Million Boy has the following summary. The story of your life never starts at the beginning. Don't they teach you anything at school? So says 104-year-old Ona to the 11-year-old boy who's been sent to help her out every Saturday morning. As he refills the bird feeders and tidies the garden shed, Ona tells him about her long life from first love to second chances. Soon she's confessing secrets she has kept hidden for decades. One Saturday, the boy doesn't show up, and Ona starts to think he's not so special after all. But then his father arrives on her doorstep, determined to finish his son's good deed. The boy's mother is not so far behind. Ona is set to discover that the world can surprise us at any age, and that sometimes sharing a loss is the only way to find ourselves again. I'm not going to cry, but I really love that summary, and I really love this book. I love that we did this as a buddy read. I think I probably would have blitzed through it if I'd read it on my own. The writing in this book is particularly amazing, and the craft of the book itself, um, I felt like is the reason that I'm recommending this as a cozy Christmas read. I think the themes of this family of this book include themes of like birds and bird watching. There's themes of family. There's themes of childhood, parenthood, what it is to sort of like be loved through a lifetime. And those are all really important themes around the holiday season, no matter what you celebrate. The book is also about loss and redemption. And I think that not just Christmas, but the opportunity to sort of like reflect on your own year 
um, often comes up in December. People sort of think about the year's highlights. They think about the year's challenges. They set goals for next year based on what happened this year. And there's a lot of that life reflection stuff that happens in this book that I think if you're sort of thinking about the year that you've had and you're thinking about the year you want to have next year in 2024, this is the book that I would recommend for you. Um, This book includes alternating perspectives um, and there's also uh, vignettes of interviews that are really, really lovely. I think that there are a lot of purposeful choices made by the author and I love uh, when authors treat their readers like they're smart and intelligent and that's the thing that I appreciate a lot about Monica Wood's writing. So that's my first recommendation for your Cozy Christmas Reads this season is The One in a Million Boy by Monica Wood. Okay, Stephanie, you're next. Tag, you're it. (laughs) Okay, my first recommendation, it will be no surprise, it's a little, like, out there, um, and not super cozy winter setting, but it is a series called The Four Kingdoms series by Monica Sellier. And I think that's how she says her last name, Monica, or, I'm sorry, her name is Melanie Sellier. And it is young adult fairy tale retellings. And the little blurb about them says, if you enjoy clean romance, adventure, and intrigue, then try the books in the Four Kingdoms series. Each of these young adult fairy tale retellings can be read as a standalone. However, for the greatest enjoyment, they should be read in order. And she has a bunch of them. There's like a handful of them, like more than five, I believe. And they do retell classic fairy tales. And this would be great if you have to do a road trip with your kids. Like if my kids who are seven and five were maybe a year or two older, this would be a great like listen aloud for us all. Like Craig and I have listened to several of them together on road trips and really enjoy them. And it is what they say, just like a clean, wholesome adventure. And you kind of, because they're class fairy tales, you know where the story's going and so you get to kind of you're not trying to figure out what's going to happen which happens to me a lot in books I'm like waiting for the plot twist and trying to figure out where they're going and so you're not really doing that and so you're able to just absorb the story and absorb the adventure and the romance and um and they're just really fun wholesome fairy tale retellings so my first pick is the Four Kingdoms series by Melanie Sellier. Steph are you recommending these for uh, on audio? I loved them on audio. Yes, we listen to them on audio. It's um, every summer we use we have to drive a, f- a couple hours, like eight hours to a family vacation. And so we have been picking one of these and using Craig and I have been listening to them on our drive. So I haven't actually read like an ebook or a physical book. We've only done audio and they've been really great. I pulled them up on Goodreads while you were describing them because I've never heard of these. Has anybody else heard of them? No. The f- Beyond the Four Kingdoms? No. Jillian, have you? I haven't. No. I love this cover. Mm-hmm. It's this like Renaissance woman with a beautiful like rose garden in the background and a castle and brocade. She's wearing this beautiful brocade. Like I'm hooked on based on this cover alone. This is like perfect hol- holiday escapism. Yeah. If you've read the selection series, the covers are very yeah. selection series. Each one is like the princess with their dress and like the background of that gives you hints about what the book would be like. And so they're, they're fun. Awesome. So start with yeah. one and make your way all the way through. I love that. Thanks, Steph. All right, Allie, you're next. Okay. Um, my first recommendation is Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney. And it was published in 2017. And just like um, the book Erin recommended, this story or this book, this novel, I should say, takes into account like the journey and you're reflecting on your on a life lived. So Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk is starts on New Year's Eve in 1984. 
Um, it's about an 85-year-old woman who puts on her mink coat and takes a walk through Manhattan, revisiting past and beloved spots in, in the city. Spanned over six decades, this short novel is 287 pages, um, and it is a charming tale of a self-assured woman set in New York City. Um, during this novel, Lillian ruminates on the on her past life as a pioneering pioneering copywriter for Macy's in the 1930s, who then goes on to publish a volume of light verse poetry. During this evening stroll, she chats with restaurateurs, dines with a family, helps a pregnant woman to a nearby hospital, parties with artists, and more, all while short snippets of falling in love with Manhattan during the jazz age, taking lovers, persuading her boss for equal play, flood her memory. Um, she shares her experience of marriage, motherhood, and tells readers of her darker, of her darker days and her emotional breakdown. Yet the Manhattan of Lillian's past no longer exists, um, and in its place is a city that is deteriorating with crime. This is a delightful octogenarian um, novel based loosely on a real-life woman, Margaret Fishback, um, and Rooney bridges fact and fiction with New York's past and future in this this novel. It's really beautiful. When I was doing a little bit of research about this novel, Margaret Fishback, who is the real Lillian Boxfish, did actually write for Macy's. She was the highest paid copywriter uh, in the 30s. So it was very, really, really interesting how just combining fact um, and fiction in this beautiful story that's takes place in one night walking through New York on New Year's Eve, but then spans this woman's life. I really love the it happened one night trope. Mm -hmm. I love stories like that. Like makes me think of Meet Me at the Lake by um, Carly Fortune, which is not a cozy Christmas read. (laughs) I mean, you can read it if you want, but I would not put that book beside the tree. But that's another like it happened one night kind of Mm -hmm. thing or... And Erin, I know you love um, stories about octogenarians. You always, I you do. always use that word. And then that's my second trope is like, give me a sassy elder any day. Yes. I'm here for and it. I love how it just opens with her putting on her mink coat. Like, so you know, like, you know that she was a woman of her time and now just like. It's so 1980s too. Oh, yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Has anybody no. read that book? No, I don't I think I've know. even heard of it. See, this is the best part. So there's um, the book outlet. I don't know if there's a book outlet in um, the States, but the book outlet is like a discounted bookstore where probably like the big box stores send books that have been damaged while they've like tried open boxes and that. Um, Sadly, our book book outlet in the Niagara region closed, but I was just wandering through there one day and I randomly saw this book and the cover just like called to me and I picked it up, had it on my shelf for probably a couple years and read it uh, one winter's one winter and fell in love with it. I think I read it in 2020. Oh my gosh, that's a great recommendation. And like mm-hmm. New York and Christmas, York I feel Christmas. like are very yeah. like, yes. synonymous. Yep. Thanks, Allie. Great book. All right, Jillian. All right. So my first book that I'm recommending is Legends and Lattes. And this book is a newfound love for me. Um, it's by Travis Baldry. I had heard about it uh, from the Currently Reading podcast and they raved about it. They said that co- you're going to see the cover and you're going to not think it's a great book, but give it a try. And so finally I did that and I fell in love and it is so cozy. 
It is not Christmassy, but so, so cozy. And here's the setup. After a lifetime of bounties and bloodshed, Viv is hanging up her sword for the last time. The battle-weary orc aims to start fresh, opening the first-ever coffee shop in the city of Thune. But old and new rivals stand in the way of success, not to mention the fact that no one has the faintest idea what coffee actually is. If Viv wants to put the blade behind her and make her plans a reality, she won't be able to go it alone. But the true rewards of the uncharted path are the travelers you meet along the way. And whether drawn together by ancient magic, flaky pastry, or freshly brewed cup, they may become partners, family, and something deeper than she could ever have dreamed. Now, I did say that this doesn't have a Christmassy vibe to it. However, it does have a huge coziness factor. And this has to do with the environment that they're in. It takes place in a coffee shop that they don't even realize what they don't even know what coffee is yet. And (laughs) there's baking and delicious treats. And it's just the absolute perfect book to sit and read with the dim lighting and your hot cocoa or coffee, probably hot cocoa at night and read by the tree. It's absolutely perfect. Jillian, is this the one that started out as Dungeons and Dragons fan fiction? It did. Yep. That's exactly how it started out. It He just had a second one come out um, that I of course can't think of the name of. It's like, uh, bookshops and bone dust. He just oh. had come out very recently. You're so right when you say that the cover, like you kind of think, uh, I don't think this is going to be cozy, but I have <laughs> nothing but rave reviews. And Jillian has been in love with this book for months. And so many other people I know have had nothing but positive <laughs> things to say about it. And so it made me bump it higher up on my TBR. <laughs> the, the first time I saw it was at a retreat, Jillian, you brought it with you. And then yeah. ever since yep. then, I've seen it all over social media, all over Instagram. It started as fanfic. That's what blows my mind. It just, this guy wrote it for the fun of it and he blew up. Like he's just, he seems like such a grateful, wonderful person, the way that this has worked out. And it recently, um, Tor took over the publication of it because it was self Mm. I don't know if it was self-published but it was a much smaller publishing house and recently Tor just brought them on and they changed the cover a bit they like they changed the um font and legends and lattes and just it's cool stuff this is the only book that got read on our (laughs) retreat because we all brought books but none of us read except Jillian and that's because she was reading Legends and Lattes so uh, this book had power even over the group chat that we had our entire 48 hours 72 hours together in Hobart, New York so uh, I, I was just checking my holds list and I am embarrassed to say I don't even have this on hold and I'm like I've been waiting to read that forever but the number one step <laughs> everybody is to put it actually on your list. I just put it on hold and it said it'll be available in around two weeks. I want everyone to know I sh- I showed remarkable restraint and it's available right now at my library and I just tagged it to read because. <laughs> no we're not starting new things. <laughs> Hashtag no new books. All right uh, does that bring it back to me again? It does. Look at us whipping through book <laughs> discussions. So, so proud of us. All right. My next book for Cozy Christmas Reads is a book that I just finished in November and is in contention for my favorite book of 2023. I'm going to talk about The Grace of Wild Things by Heather Fawcett. And here's the summary. 
This is an inventive and fantastical reimagining of Anne of Green Gables with magic and witches. This book explores found family loss and the power of a girl's imagination um, from the acclaimed author of The Language of Ghosts and The School Between Winter and Fairyland, in addition to um, Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies, which I think came out this year and has been extremely popular. So if you've heard the name Heather Fawcett, that's because she wrote this book. Here's a little bit more about The Grace of Wild Things. Grace has never been good at anything except magic. Not that anyone believes her. While other children are adopted from the orphanage, nobody wants Grace. So she decides to make a home for herself by running away and offering herself as an apprentice to the witch in the nearby woods. After all, who better to teach Grace to use her magic? Surely the witch can't be that bad. But the witch is that bad. She steals souls for spells and gobbles up hearts. So Grace offers a deal. If she can learn all 100 and a half spells in the witch's grimoire, the witch will make Grace her apprentice. But if Grace fails, the witch can take her magic. The witch agrees, and soon an unexpected bond develops between them. But the spells are much harder than Grace expected. And when a monster from the witch's past threatens the home Grace has built, she may have to sacrifice more than her magic to save it. I cannot recommend this book highly enough. And it absolutely is perfect for cozy Christmas reads. There is a huge section of the book that actually takes place over Christmas Day. And I think what I love so much about this book is that it really balances that fine line for people who love Anne of Green Gables to really almost go back to that world and just have another story, Um, one that incorporates a little bit more magic, a little bit more magical realism. I really love the writing, the turns of phrase. There's charm. You instantly adore Grace Green, who is the main character. Heather Fawcett is a great writer. She does such a magical job of, you know, reminding us of how special Anne of Green Gables is as a book without making this book like really saccharine or trite. Um, She gets at the true heart of the original Anne of Green Gables, which is about found found family, um, people who protect themselves from loss while feeling this desire and yearning for acceptance. I think the setting of this book in Prince Edward Island and the story of Grace, who spends a year with the switch, will completely steal your heart. I totally cried at the end, and I would absolutely recommend this for anyone looking for a Christmas read that balances heartwarming, sweet, delightful, and moving all at the same time. This is also, surprisingly, middle grade fiction. So if you're looking for the kind of book that you can pick up and put down this Christmas season, I would recommend this book because... The chapters are very short, the writing is very accessible, and the storyline is moves along at a really good clip. And that is my recommendation, my second cozy Christmas recommendation. I want to read it immediately. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I, I can't think of a person who loves reading who wouldn't love this book. Um, unless you hated Anna Green Gables, but like you're not uh-huh. listening to this podcast if you hated Anna Green Gables. Stephanie's like three stars. I gave it three stars. Um, speaking of Anna Green Gables, did you know that Carly Fortune's next book that's coming out in the summer is taking place in Prince Ed- on Prince Edward Island? No. And Anna Green Gables like <gasps> plays a role in this in her third book. Like I am so excited. Dang. Yes. She's so smart, that Carly Fortune. Carly, if you're listening, we love your books. (laughs) Also, Heather Fawcett, if you're also listening. So this is is my Canadian Mm -hmm. fiction addition to this book. Um, Does also kind of follow the theme of an elder plus a child that the one in a million boy has, elder plus child. And 
the, most of the book takes place over like one calendar year. So you feel the turning of the seasons. Almost all of the book takes place outside. And that also really makes you feel like you're thinking about the elements, you're experiencing nature constantly. And you're just going to love Grace. You're going to love Grace. You're going to love the witch. And you're just going to love the little cozy found family that happens as the book progresses. The book is available right now at the, my library. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have a stack of library books. <laughs> well, that's okay. Then it'll- The new name of this podcast is Enablers. We're just enabling each other to enablers. <laughs> keep reading too many books. All right, Stephanie, you're next. Okay. I just got back from a family wedding where all of my family, and I'm the oldest of five girls, was traveling to a wedding, and it's during Christmas time, and it was just crazy family dynamics, and who's picking up who at the airport, and who's, like, with who, and what's happening, and I was like, oh, somebody should write a book about this crazy wedding at Christmas time, and then I realized, oh, wait, somebody already has. My mom's best friend actually wrote a novella that is loosely based on my family um, (laughs) called A Family for St. Nick, and it's by Barbara Myers. And this tagline of it is a heartwarming holiday romance. And the summary uh, for it says that her family believes Nick is a saint, but Stephanie is not so sure. (laughs) For over a year, Nick has been locked in Stephanie's friend zone, and he's planning an escape. An invitation to her sister's Christmas wedding in Florida is the perfect opportunity to get out of Chicago and get closer to her and her family. But he'll have to trust her enough to explain why he's been lying about his own family. Nick has been hiding something important from her, and Stephanie has a few confessions of her own to make. Will ending the secrets between them guarantee they'll spend the rest of Christmas together? And so I read Stephanie, is this book about you? Okay. It is loosely based on me and my sisters. It's dedicated to like my family and it's loosely based on us. Um, and that there are nods to us. Like some of our professions are there. Like it's not, each character is not based on each of me and my siblings. Like there's like, she's grabbed snippets of like this person's, um, character and this person's job and this person's name. Um, I think my dad and I are the only ones like in there by name. Um, and then like some of the Christmas traditions that we do, like for, if you have been following me for long, you know that my sisters and I have for like 36 or 37 years straight gotten a picture with Santa (laughs) and we still carry on this tradition. So this family still carries on this tradition. So it's a very short, like manageable novella. And so I feel like it's perfect for when you're in that busy season and you feel like I can't finish a book. I can't get into something super, um, cozy or chunky or like deep and I just need a quick something to let me finish it and make me feel satisfied this would be good for that very hallmarky very like Christmas in Florida easy read I have the codes the fuzz, warm fuzzies and I've never read it <laughs> just hearing the premise I, I don't have my Kobo in reach but I can't wait to see if this is on like Kobo Unlimited and I'm going to be reading it immediately <laughs> And say the title again, Steph. Uh, The title is A Family for St. Nick by Barbara Myers. Awesome. Okay, Allie, you're next. Okay. My second book, um, Cozy Christmas Read Recommendation, is The Maid by Nita Prose. How awesome is that last name, Prose? Um, (laughs) I love it. I'm like, that's so smart. 
Um, this book was published in 2022, and it is actually a series. The second book um, just came out, The Maid by Nita Prose. The Maid is a whodunit murder, murder mystery that follows Molly Gray, a 25-year-old maid at a fancy hotel who takes her job very seriously. She struggles socially and misreads the intention of others, which has co-workers taking full advantage of her, especially after finding a wealthy, regular hotel dweller dead in his suite. And before Molly really understands what is happening, her unusual demeanor has led her to be the number one suspect in this murder. But with the help of true friends she didn't really know she had, they all come together to help solve what truly happened. It's a cozy murder mystery that reads like a well-written puzzle. Um, I would recommend this for fans that loved playing Clue and those that enjoyed Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Mm. True story. While we were recording, my Libby gave me a notification that the maid is ready for me to borrow. No way. Yeah, it's a really fun read. And I actually, in high school, I was a maid at um, a ritzy hotel in Niagara-on-the-Lake. So reading this, I was just like, oh my goodness, it's just like the the upstairs and the downstairs, the the clients and the staff. It was really fun. When you were a maid, was it really like the book? Because I, I read the book a year or so ago. Was it really like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't read it. Steph, have you read The Maid? I haven't read it. I recognize the cover. Like, I feel like it's one that yeah. I've seen going around, and I just pulled it up on Goodreads and saw that Jillian gave it five stars. So, <laughs> it's yeah, it's really fun. And her the second book just came out, so I'm excited to to read that. This book, like, I couldn't put it down. So, I recommend this book for reading that in between time after mm-hmm. your Christmas, um, all the Christmas festivities, and before New Year's Eve, where it's just kind of your the the dead time just to kind of curl up in your bed and read this book because you will not be able to put it down. You want to, you want to know what's going on. That's such a good time to recommend too, because you feel like the days, like Mm -hmm. just like what day is it Mm -hmm. anyway? It's a black hole of time. So like that, like recommending to that period of time is like really cool. I'm going to add that to my list. Are the three of you like at that, those days after Christmas, do you extend your Christmas, Christmassy vibe or do you start to feel the like, Christmas starts to sort of like melt out of your psyche. Like I probably wouldn't reach for a Christmassy book after the 25th. I'm the same. Um, Yeah, I am the same, but I just want to extend the season. And I remember like Jillian mentioning um, after October, after Halloween, I mean um, how she just wanted to keep that fall coziness going as long as possible before she started putting up, like getting into the Christmas mood. And there's such like, I feel like as soon as Christmas is over, there's just like such a a letdown. So you really need to like extend Mm -hmm. that, that season. And what makes you happy is like, these Christmassy reads or Christmas movies. So just like extend it as long as you can or until your tree, the pine needles start dying all on your tree and it's just a mess. Then, yeah, <laughs> then Christmas can go. <laughs> we, um, my family definitely keeps Christmas going. My sister doesn't even come in to visit for Christmas until the 26th. Mm. They usually leave Georgia about the 26th and they're here through the second. So we don't do our celebration with my side of the family until that, you know, sometime in that time frame. And I remember last year I was reading cozy Christmas, like actual Christmas novels into 2023. Mm. So I am somebody, I will keep the train of the holidays going, especially the low stress part of the holidays, which mm-hmm, is reading the mm-hmm. cozy Christmas reads. That's true. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. that train going as long as possible mm. because it just makes me feel mm-hmm. good. 
Oh, I am a firm, like, 12 days of Christmas person. Like, there's Christmas, and, like, 12 days of Christmas is, like, the 12 days after oh, Christmas. And, like, oh, yeah, because you have a beautiful tradition. You should share about that. Yes. I just think there's so much stress leading up to the holidays that, like, then you, like, get Christmas, actually, like, the day actually over with. And then you have time to, like Jillian said, like, read and breathe and, like, rest in the holiday. And so I love the 12 days of Christmas. Like, everything, all the decorations stay up. We keep in the holiday spirit. And it's so low pressure because all of the, like, gifts and the buying and the wrapping Mm -hmm. and the baking, that's all done. You just get to kind of chill and be. And my personal favorite is um, celebrating Women's Christmas on January 6th, which is also, like, um, all... Uh, Epiphany or um, Eastern Orthodox Christmas. And so a lot of, I think, Scottish countries or um, traditions practice women's Christmas. And it's a day where the women who have like put taken so much time and put on all the work of the holidays and done the cleaning and the wrapping and the baking take a day to like go and meet with their friends and set aside a day for themselves to just enjoy the day and recoup with friendship and conversation and so um there's an author i love that does a women's christmas retreat like a personal retreat like with questions and that you can go through every year and so i like ending the season with women's christmas and a fun relaxing journaling day and then after that I can put all the decorations away and get into that's the so fun. spirit. That's such a gentle way to make your way into 2024, too, instead of, like, crashing into the first and being like, change all the things, become a new person. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm going to take my women's Christmas day on January 6th, and I'm going to be with my journal all day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yep. so lovely. And I'm, I've kind of got my eye on wondering how I can sort of, like, duplicate that process mm-hmm. for myself. Because mm-hmm. you've all told me about extending that Christmas holiday spirit. So um, I, I should I should do my best to uh, make that happen as well. Erin, do you, is Christmas over at your house come December 26th or do you? No, like it's not like we rushed. No, like usually that kind of stuff will probably New Year's Day or maybe the second will start to like take things down. Um, but I do find since the pandemic that our Christmas is a little bit smaller Like, I feel like we don't do as much driving. We don't do as much visiting. um, And I'm kind of okay with that, like, to be honest with you. But but it does kind of feel like we are ready at that point. Like, I feel like we put up all of our Christmas decorations last week. And I do feel like it it takes us a 30-day period, time period, and usually around the 30 days, my husband and I are both in agreement that, like, we're ready to, like, take things down. <laughs> All right, Jillian, I think you're last but not least. Yeah. So my second recommendation is an actual Christmas book. Uh, just It's called A December to Remember by Jenny Bayless. This it seems like Jenny writes a Christmas novel every year for the last four or five years. Um, I love them all. And this is adding to the pile of the ones I love. Uh, So the setup is three bickering half sisters, one unique antique shop, the coziest holiday season of their lives. Wildly different half sisters, Maggie, Simone and star have hardly seen one another since their sprightly summers at Rowan Thorpe, their eccentric father, Augustus's home known for his bustling approach to the knickknack shop. He ran Augustus was loved by all and known by none, not even his daughters. 
Now, years later, the three estranged women are called upon for the reading of Augustus's will and quickly realize he's orchestrated a series of hoops through which they must jump to unlock their inheritance. The last thing any of them want to do, but Maggie and Star desperately need the money and who would Simone be to resist? Through hilarious goose chases, small town mishaps, and one heartwarming winter solstice celebration, love, hope, and reconciliation is in the air. If only the three sisters can let themselves grasp it. And I loved this Mm -hmm. book. I will admit that I struggled the first section of the book, maybe the first hundred pages, maybe a little less. I struggled to get into it, but it was a lot of character development and sometimes I struggle with that, like grasping who's who and what's what. But once I was into it, the cozy factor, the love between the sisters, the love between, you know, the relationships in the book, it was just wonderful. And you will definitely want to sit down and have your warm beverage, maybe a tea for this one, since it does take place in Britain. Um, sit down by the fire, or if you don't have a fire, your Christmas tree, or if you don't do a Christmas tree, wherever you're comfiest, and drink your tea and read the book. Yeah, I read this one too. Jillian and I had grand designs of doing like a a book review of this story and other Jenny Bayless books, but the season really got, we got carried away once American Thanksgiving hit. It was um, very clear to both of us that we were sort of doing this like side-by-side buddy read so that we could review this book on the podcast. And I would totally agree with your assessment of a Jillian. It was really, really great. Jenny Bayless is my favorite cozy Christmas author. Everything she does Mm -hmm. is just, it's just scrumptious to me. It's like your movies like Mm -hmm. The Holiday Mm -hmm. and Love Actually, if you're a fan of that style of storytelling if those are your favorite christmas movies then you're gonna love jenny bayless as an author in general um all of her love stories have a little something different to offer them and i just really love when authors aren't doing the same thing every time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. each of the sisters has their own sort of love story and then there's this broader sort of sense of their dad and who their dad was and Mm -hmm. how they got to know him and how they got to know each other and there's a little bit of healing that happens in there as they kind of grieve the loss of their dad. And it's also pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's a great recommendation. There's just so much, so much love Mm -hmm. in it. And I think that's part of what I loved about it is that there's, you know, healing love and then there's relationship love and there's sibling Mm -hmm. love and there's parental love. And it's just, it's a really good book. It's really heartwarming and, Cozy. Yeah, great. I'm excited to read it. I think Meet Me Under the Mistletoe was like a honorable mention for me, also by Jenny Bayless. <laughs> and so like I'm I love the the sibling focus of a December to remember, so I'm excited to get to that one. Meet Me Under the Mistletoe was last year's book, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great one too. That and mm-hmm. that's that's different than this one. That one's like Downton Abbey meets Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> this one is like The Holiday meets mm. Love Actually. Ooh. So she's really got the corner on those like British romantic comedies from a book standpoint. Like you will feel the village where this book takes place. You will be able to um, vividly imagine oh, all wait. of the shops and, and the, the setting. Um, and I like too that the book focuses on the winter solstice. Yes, I forgot about that. Christmas is a feature. Winter is a feature. But they're, they're heading towards winter mm. solstice is the sort of like the pinnacle of the story happens at that point. 
Yeah. I mailed my copy to Allie, who lives not too far from me. So, Allie, I hope you love it as much as you love Season for Second Chances. I am very I excited. think that's my favorite Jenny Bayless book. Jillian, I think you'd agree. Yes, absolutely. It's. I think about it all the time, especially this time of year, how I just want to live my life in a little old tea shop and <laughs> find a group of people who want to come and, and <sighs> drink their tea there and have a book club. I think about it a it lot. so sweet. On the British seaside. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jillian and I did casting for a December to remember, but um, I don't want to impose too much of our vision on the two of you who are left to read it. So we can take that to the group chat later. (laughs) All right, so let's do a recap of the eight books that we've been able to recommend to the audience today. So I recommended The Grace of Wild Things by Heather Fawcett, as well as The One in a Million Boy by Monica Wood. Stephanie, what were your books? I recommended The Four Kingdoms series by Melanie Sellier and A Family for St. Nick by Barbara Myers. I recommended Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney and The Maid by Nita Prose. And I recommended Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry and A December to Remember by Jenny Bayless. Yay! So hopefully there's something for somebody in that list and pile and Live in real time, we've been checking our libraries and they seem to have a lot of availability. So So hopefully you won't have too much of a wait if you go to your local library. Um, Thanks, everybody, for bringing your book recommendations. Steph, thank you for enduring the stress of book recommendations. Every time we ask Steph to come on the show and recommend books, she's like, what are books? Do I read? (laughs) Everyone's going to hate my choices. Identity crisis. (laughs) But she still comes on the show with great recommendations anyway, so. I really just like talking to my friends, and I can't say no to that, so. <laughs> Aww, warm fuzzies. It's time for hot takes and our current thoughts on book culture. A hot take is an opinion usually formed off the cuff and with little research, sometimes provocative, and these gals do not know the hot take, so this is mm-hmm. going to really be straight off the cuff. Allie's super nervous. <laughs> she hates this part. <laughs> Okay, today's topic is literary top 10 lists, uh, yay or nay. So this is when you find like Publishers Weekly or the Washington Post or the New York Times give their version of the top 10 books of 2023. There's all these lists are circulating the internet right now. And they're very densely packed, usually with high literary fiction. Are you in or are you out? Jillian, you can go first. Okay. So I am half in, half out. And I know that sounds like a cop out, but here's (laughs) why. So I'm out because they are often obscure books and there it's a popularity contest. So Mm. if so many people like a book, it's going to win like the Goodreads contest. It's, it's all it is, is just people, the more people that like the book, that book wins most of the time. I'm in because sometimes those obscure books that win the popularity contest are really good. So I will read some of them. I'm not a, I I can't fully commit. (laughs) Mm. Stephanie, what are your thoughts? I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm half in, half out. (laughs) My immediate like gut reaction. It's not hot. This is tepid. (laughs) No. Okay. Here. Immediate gut reaction was like, no, like not paying attention to that. Like, what do they know? They just want to sell books. They're going to have all these like 
like agenda driven books that nobody's ever actually read and I'm just gonna like go to book talk for my like actual recommendations yes but I do think like the Goodreads one and other one where it's like people's choice award style like I trust the people usually and so I'm like I want to know what everybody's loving and if that many people loved a book it's probably worth looking into so Mm. the other like big name lists I'm kind of like eh I don't believe you Goodreads I'll look (laughs) at and see if anything looks worth adding to my TBR but usually my TBR is so long anyway I'm just looking at those lists to see what I've already read and pat myself on the back and (laughs) move on (laughs) yeah same Same. did I read that book (laughs) Am I as smart as the Washington Post? Yes. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll give my take, which is I don't want to care, but I do. Because I have personally found that newspapers or publishing media companies that, you know, put out a lot of content, they do spend a lot of time on getting people who know books and who know stories to put these lists together. Now, that being said, I don't want to care because I haven't read any of these books. And it makes (laughs) me feel super dumb whenever I'm like, I've read over 100 books this year. None of them were on this list. And I'm like, well, where the heck have I been? Who am I following? But it is that influence. Like, I think the Goodreads books, I've read way more of those Goodreads Mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. And then that makes me kind of mad because then I'm like, well, that's the patriarchy. I'm reading the books they want me to read. And those are the books that end up on the Goodreads list are the books that have huge publishing houses behind them. They're the books that had huge, they must have sent thousands of of advanced reader copies out into the internet so that I was attracted by the flat lay of all of these amazing book influencers. And I haven't read nothing of obscurity this year whatsoever. I feel like this year I've read more 2023 releases than any other year in my reading life. And yet when I go to the Washington Post, I'm like, well, I've read a lot of 2023 releases this year, surely. And you're like, hot diggity. Where did all these books come from? Hot diggity. (laughs) Allie, what about you? Yeah, I want to say no. Um, Mm. But I do look at them, like Steph said, just to see if there was a book that I did read to be like, yes, I'm so smart. But do I care? Uh, I should, right? I should care. I should care. Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't want to care. Stephanie would tell you no. (laughs) Don't shut all over yourself. Top 10 of the top 10 books that were taken out of like the Hamilton Public Library. I want to see what like people in my community Mm -hmm. are reading. Like mm-hmm. I want, I want libraries. Sometimes libraries will yeah. do that. Libraries might do that if you go and check for your library's like uh, newsletter. Sometimes they do, and the reason that you're reminding me or like triggering my memory is our library, the Mississauga Public Library, did that last year. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about that is that the top ten books that were taken out of the library were published in 2020. So there's like a two year delay Mm -hmm. on what gets taken out a lot by the library standards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, most of the books on that top 10 list were 2020 releases, which I thought was like, such an interesting and lovely thing is like, okay, these books are on the 2023 list today, but they're not going away. They're not going to like evaporate into the ether. Mm -hmm. I did, however, spend an entire evening watching book YouTube reviewers (laughs) of these lists. And I really enjoyed, I have to call out a particular creator called Supposedly Fun. Um, He does great 
you know, sort of overviews of this conversation. And even he hadn't read a lot of the books on the list, but he had many of them. And he's like, I can't wait to read this. I just haven't read it yet. Mm. And I was like, same, same, my guy, same. (laughs) So um, if you're interested in book YouTube, it's a hole that I've recently fallen down, much to my delight. Um, And uh, I'll tag supposedly fun in the comments if you're interested in that. All right. Those are our hot. That was our hot take. Now let's talk a little bit about what's on our holds list. Allie, what's on yours? Okay, so I have The Things We Leave Unfinished by Rebecca Yeros. I'm not sure if that's how I pronounce her last name. I know she's hot right now with Iron Flame. Is that the book? Because I haven't even read it yet. But this is, I guess, a book like I've heard many people recommend as well. So I put that on my hold list. Um, You Again by Kate Goldbeck. Um, And then just a couple audiobooks. which I recommended or I mentioned last time we were in person recording. So Britney Spears, <laughs> The Women and Me, and Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. What's your wait time on The Women and Me? I'm so curious. Um, let me see. The Woman and Me is a book I'm so torn about. I'm number I'm 142 on 55 Ooh. copies. So we'll see you in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do I just buy it? Do I do I just buy it or <laughs> only you know the answer know, to that question? I know. <laughs> I have this weird book FOMO about that Britney Spears book because mm-hmm. everybody I feel like has read it. Like when I go to meetings and I'm like, "What's everybody reading?" Because I'm that person. People are like, "Oh, I just finished the Britney Spears memoir. It was so good." And I'm not. I wasn't a Britney fan. Like no hate, no shade, but. I grew up when she was really super popular, but it just, I had friends who idolized her and loved her and I totally get it. My little sister loved Britney Spears, but I feel like this book is just going to be so sad. Yeah. It's going to be so, so, so sad. Yes. But I also feel like everybody's reading it and I kind of want to be part of the conversation. But it was on the Goodreads best one of like the, their categories. So if you want to like do a better she about won. yourself. She won the category yeah. that she was in. So it's on one know, of the year-end lists. That list. doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I know, and then I don't know, I've, heard, I've heard the writing is a little bit juvenile, but I do want to. I do want to hear read her story. Mm-hmm. Okay, Steph, what's on your holds list? <laughs> okay, I have so many on my holds list because I usually just use my holds list as like my TBR, and then I just keep delaying things until they come up. I'm really excited because three holidays and a wedding is about to come up, and so that's going to make me feel like I'm reading something Christmassy. Um, and the company who of wrote witches. that? Who write? Who wrote that one? Marissa? That's the J- Uzma, Uzma. Jalaluddin. Oh my god! Stapley. Mm-hmm. So sh- I'm excited about that one. And the company of witches is there. And then our friend Stephanie Swoley recommended Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. That's coming up. So good. Oh, that's, that's how I by know Heather Fawcett. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah small world and then i'm really don't ask me because that book also won a goodreads award oh did it i'm excited and it's been she on my released... list for a while oh am i imagining the wrong she was eligible but i don't believe that she won oh or my maybe bad. she maybe she did i looked at it but today, i was surprised but... because the grace of wild things released in 2023 as well and i was like those are two incredible books to release in one year i was just like so curious about mm. that process to the google to the Google. Sorry, Steph, I interrupted <laughs> you. I just got really excited. The more we talk about books, the more I... I yeah, I don't <laughs> remember if she won a reward, oh, an award for that one, but I've, it had it on hold 
for several months, so I'm excited for that one to come up. And then I'm really excited because the American Royals series, the last book in that series came out, and that I'm a couple weeks away from that coming up on hold. Um, it's called Rain, and it's the last book of the American Royals series, and it's by Catherine McGee. I heard that was very enjoyable, that book. It's a fun series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the series as though instead of George Washington winning and making a democracy, he became King George Washington. Yeah, so if, an, if America had a monarchy and it has like a king and a queen and then it goes on to being a queen and their stories and wanting to marry a commoner and what that would entail. And yeah, it's fun. I just wanted to say Encyclopedia of Fairies came in fourth place. Mm. It was under fantasy, came in fourth mm. place in the Goodreads Hellbent. The one with the rabbit on the cover? Is oh, Lee Bardo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a creepy cover. We will link to the Goodreads list if anybody's interested, because um, that's a nice little uh, mm-hmm. satisfying book rabbit hole to fall down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk about my physical holds list, not my digital. Um, I have a book called Foster by Claire Keegan. It's ready for pickup now, and this is an author that was recommended by Parnassus Books, which is Ann Patchett's store. I think they're in Nashville, and Parnassus Books on Instagram has a really great account. It's run by all of these like ladies, <laughs> these like these like you know mature ladies, and they talk with no holds barred about books. Mm. And Ann Patchett is often on there. And she does this segment on Fridays called, if you haven't read this book, it's new to you. And she recommends books that she thinks people maybe haven't read. Anyway, one of the authors that Parnassus Books is really fond of is Claire Keegan. And Claire Keegan's recent book is called Foster. So I have that. Um, So that's a book that I don't know very much about and an author I don't know very much about by a bookstore that I love. And um, someday I hope to travel to Tennessee and visit Parnassus Books in person and maybe run into Ann Patchett herself, although I don't think she's necessarily like running around her own store. But <laughs> that's the one book that I have. And then I have two cozy Christmas reads ready for pickup, which I had forgotten that I had placed. The first one is All I Want for Christmas, which is by Maggie Knox. Maggie Knox is a duo writer pair who wrote The Holiday Swap, which was on our first Cozy Christmas Reads episode. And that is a very fun, very sweet book. It's sort of like the parent trap for grown-ass women (laughs) in one goes to the city and one goes to the country and they swap places. That's a really fun book. So I think I will really enjoy that. And then the other book I have, I think was released last year. It's called A Merry Little Meat Cute. Has anyone read that? Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. <laughs> on Ellie's nightstand. It's on Ellie's nightstand along with 14 <laughs> other books. And actually, I got this. I don't know why I'm embarrassed to say this. I got this in large print because it was available. And I wanted to have it before Christmas. And my library was like, you can have this in March. And I was like, I don't want it in March. What about the large print copy? And they were like, you can have that tomorrow. And I was like, then I will take the large print copy. And someone had told me at work, you know, if you can't if you really can't find a book and you really want to get it, usually the large print is available and that's like a a library hack. Now I wrestled with that a little bit because of accessibility and am I taking a large print book from somebody that might want it? Yes, I am doing that. So you can send me your hate and your shade in the comments if you want, but it was available. Next week's hot take. (laughs) Next week's hot take. Should you put (laughs) 
large print books on hold if you don't need large print. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to read it in like a day and return it the next day. And then I won't feel guilty about that anymore. And maybe I shouldn't have even said anything about this on mic. And maybe I'll delete the whole thing, but you'll <laughs> never know. Um, anyway, so that's the third book that I have. And then I have another 1100 books on hold. So mm-hmm. we don't have to go all into that. But those are the, the three that I have ready to get. And I'm going to go tomorrow. Ooh, so fun. All right, Jillian, you're up. I actually do not have any books on hold what? waiting Shut for me. Shut the front door. I have so hold, hold on. Waiting. Have, oh, okay. I don't have any waiting for me. I um just picked them up yesterday, so that's why. We but, were ready to like be like <laughs> she lies. <laughs> um, I do have a love song for Ricky Wild, which is the new Tia Williams book. That's the Seven Days in June author. Love that book. Very excited about this one. I have A Court of Thorn and Roses by Sarah J. Maas, The Berry Pickers by Amanda Peters, and then A Holly Jolly Ever After by Julie Murphy and Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey, which I don't think I'm going to get those last two before the holiday is over because I am four for both of those, which you don't think is very Mm. many, but when people are holding them. Mm -hmm. 21 days, it could be, yeah. Mm. So... I also have a Holly Jolly Ever After on my list. That's the other, that the um, Merry Meet Cute. Yeah, and they're kind of in order. The Merry Meet Cute, they kind of go in yeah, order. They're, they're super spicy, but like fun. Ooh. Uh, but those are the ones. Ooh. In large print. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> read that on the train with everyone. So everyone will be able to read it when you're on like, oh the my go God. train. Oh my God. No shame. No, oh, no. There's no shame. 100%. But it's going to be hilarious if people are reading over your shoulder because there are some serious, that is not a closed door book. <laughs> oh, can't we? Okay, listeners, I'll put it in stories when I get to the spicy scenes in my large print book. And that was it. The, <laughs> that was the last of my books that I have waiting or not waiting for me um, on hold. Awesome. That's great. Oh, it will never get old when I can like be voyeuristic into your library holds list. Yeah. <laughs> it brings me no end of joy. I can't explain why. I want to know what you have on hold. I want to know what you have out right now. I want to know all the things about all the books. Oh, I just love it so much. Okay. Well, that wraps up episode 12 of Medium Lady Reads. Medium Lady Reads is a spinoff of the Medium Lady Talks podcast and Instagram community. You can find me, Erin, on Instagram at medium.lady. You can find Jillian at Jillian Finding Happy. You can find Stephanie at Stefsky, And you can find Allie at Allie Openlander. All four of us are on Instagram. And you can find lots of our current reads and other shenanigans. And of course, you can follow the podcast itself at Medium Lady Reads. So that's a lot of Instagram following that you have to do. If you like this episode, please share it with another bookish friend or post on Instagram. Be sure to tag us. We would be tickled pink to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Jillian. And I'm your other host, Erin. Until next time, we hope that your holds arrive quickly. And your next book finds you right when you need it most. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 (laughs) 